0: Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, and welcome back to To The Point Cybersecurity. I am one of your hosts, Erica Pierce, and of course, joined by uh, my co-host, Eric Trexler. Hi, Eric. How's it going?
1: Doing great. Good afternoon, Erica.
0: Good, good. Well, we have um, a really interesting guest this week uh, named Sean Kelly. So many of you have probably heard his name or listened to his podcast, which is on the Federal News Network, and it's called CyberChat. So thanks, Sean, so much for joining us this week on our podcast
2: thank you so much for having me
0: excellent so sean one of the things that's um that's very interesting about you so beyond being you know a a a host now um you have a background in government so you were um deputy cio at the va also a ciso at the epa um did a lot of work there and i'm sure had a lot of great interesting experiences and so you know we just want to kind of dive into that you know we have a lot of listeners who work within government who work for government. When you were in those positions, what sort of things, you know, kept you up at night? Let's start there.
2: Everything. Um, <laughs> I think, it was, I think it, was, it was pretty easy. You know, I think that um, our CISOs and our security people in the government have a pretty hard job. And the reason is, is they don't control their own destiny. I think that when you look at it, you have environments that are just kind of thrown together at the operational level. And then we ask the security folks to secure it. and And that's not always easy to happen. You know, when you try to bring automation into an environment, if the environment isn't standardized, configured properly and aligned, then you're just going to break things faster. Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's a really it's really hard. Um, it's also a resource. You know, security isn't one of those things that you look at and say, hey, I'm going to spend this and I'm going to give you this, you know. And, and so when you're talking to the board or you're talking to the leadership, the, the political appointees. You're asking them to make an investment into something that's not going to gain them a lot of capital on the other side. You know, now on the other side, if you it's get a hit, cost. yep, what's that?
1: It's a cost to to the organization more than anything. It, it's a tax,
2: yeah. Okay. It, it's a it, it's a tax that takes away from one of their initiatives. And when we're in, we're in in these political environments, you have four years of administration. You know, maybe eight, but they live four years at a time because they're not guaranteed to get you know a re-election. And so you're asking them to dedicate millions of dollars towards technology, infrastructure, processes, people that aren't going to give them a win, and in, in so to speak. If you look at it, if you look at it that way, you know, us in security look at it. No, no, no. We made you secure. We kept you from getting hit. We we stopped all that. But that's not things that are sexy when you really look at them.
1: How do you bridge the gap?
2: You got to spend the time educating really quick and really upfront, and you have to establish yourself as someone credible, but also someone's good steward. You're not just coming and you're not just asking to spend money, spend money, spend money. You you have to spend the time educating them on what they're going to get and what could happen if you don't. But at the same time, you don't want to be the guy or girl that is pulling the fire alarm every five seconds and crying fire.
1: What I call spending time on the why. This is why we need to do this. Absolutely.
0: And and Sean, do you think that um, you know the tide is changing? Any so, for example, you know there's legislation right now in Congress. It's been introduced before that would elevate the role of the CISOs and the CIOs within each agency. Um, So, do you feel as though you know we're starting to, or departments and the government is starting to realize that? This can't be an afterthought. Security is important. It's part of the mission. We can't complete the mission unless we have um, security, you know, at the table and being a, a part of what we have to spend our resources and focus on.
2: Well, you know, I had Congressman Heard on my show who was a sponsor of that bill, and when we talked about it, you know, here's the problem: you got people like Congressman Heard that get it, mm-hmm. um, and the good thing about it is cybersecurity is, is is a bipartisan effort, so it's it's not going to be a whole political fight in it, but. I think it's in I think it's in it's in pockets, right? So when an Equifax happens, yeah. You know, we all, all think security is important. When Sony happens, we all think security isn't happen. When OPM so, happens, we only think it for a few weeks or days. Agree. Day. Agreed. Agreed. And then we resort back to behavior that that got us there in the first place. And and it takes really strong leadership to stay the focus.
1: And what does that, that leadership have to do? I mean that it's such a the cost is, is spread out across so many entities, so many people. What does leadership have to do how, to be successful? How do, they, how do we get out of this loop we're in? Well,
2: I think we got to grow them. I think, I think the first and foremost part is that we don't have the comprehensive leaders. I mean, leaders that can be political, that can be great communicators, that can be great educators, that can be great technologists, that can be great business people, um, don't grow on trees. And you know, think about our generation. Um, we didn't grow up with, you know, iPhones and. Well, I'll even go back. We didn't grow up with Palm Pilots in our hands and <laughs> iPhones and computers. A lot of us maybe had an Apple in our in our elementary school, um, some computers in our high school. But then, you know, but we didn't. Now, I mean, my son has a laptop at home. He's had a laptop pretty much since he could speak. He's had an iPhone since he was about seven. And so that generation, what are we doing to
1: get them, Eric, is, is really the key. Um, but does your son think, and I know we've spoken about this, but does, does he think about security? No. really?
2: <laughs> he just no. wants the latest no. plugin right. for Fortnite. No, look it. I, I, I have to make sure he doesn't have and right so that computer will be destroyed within a day. You know, because <laughs> he'll download
1: whatever. Right. So he's not quite ready to be a CISO. He's not. But he's so, got some of the background, is what you're saying. He, he, he I, I think upbringing. this,
2: I think this new generation will be a lot more equipped for it than we will. You know, it's like anything. You, you as you train, you, you become more with what you're trying to do. Um, but that doesn't solve the short-term problem. the The short-term problem is, is that we have to clean up our environments, our, and we have to make sure that we can. Bring in the right technology, because I think the technology is getting there. I think we're almost there where the point is technology can fix this problem, but, it can't, it's like, it, but it's like this. If I ask my son where his homework is and he spends a half an hour going through his book bag looking for it, well, guess what? He's not very efficient and it's probably not going to work, and I couldn't automate that process. Mm-hmm. But if we, we clean up our environments, then we can start to employ some of these great tools that we have out there.
0: And so do you think programs such as CDM, for example, I mean, they're looking to, you know, obviously when the phases, you know, what's what's on the network, um, those types of efforts, are those, um, you know, going in the right direction? Are they happening fast enough? Is there enough priority on them?
2: I think from a theme standpoint, they're the right thing, you know, and I and I've talked a lot when I was a sister, we were bringing on CDM. Um, I think from a theme of, you know, knowing what you got, knowing who's on it and those kind of things are all great things. But. How comprehensive is that? You know, how many, you know, so those organizations, we're into what phase of CDM and we're still seeing infiltrations and mm-hmm. we're still seeing ransomware attacks and we're still seeing a great deal of success come across these networks. So what are we really stopping at this point?
1: But are we heading in the right direction?
2: I think we're having the right conversations. I think we're, we're discussing the right things.
0: That was a great political answer. <laughs> right? no, I, don't <laughs> I, I don't think that is
1: political. Yeah. I, I think that is the status of where we are, right? It, it, you've got to have the conversation before you can make progress, before you understand the problem. These are difficult problems, as mm-hmm. Sean is articulating.
2: It, it, it's very complex. You know, you take the VA. That's a very complex environment. I mean, we're talking about an organization that has almost a half a million employees, um, the IT budget, you think is huge at four point, you know, four point plus something billion dollars, but it just doesn't fix all the problems they have. They have more. You know, I think when I was there in this couple of years now, they had over seven million, seven billion dollars in requests. Right. That environment almost has to start new, you know, and so these big, complex organizations and then we got to talk about the small ones. The small ones take what the big ones are actually doing. And that's not a complete fit. You know, you have these un- very under-resourced organizations in the small agencies that th- they've got to try to bring a lot of this on board, and they may not have the personnel or the skill level to do it.
1: What do we do? Shoot, if I knew the answer to that, we'd both be millionaires. <laughs> um, Erica would say what? we have to do more than talk.
0: What well, we do. Well,
1: we do. Go ahead,
0: Eric. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, I I think certainly, you know, um, having the conversations and and really thinking about how to, um, you know, being thoughtful about how to move forward. But you know, at the same time, you know, there has to be some, you know, some action with with that piece. And so it feels sometimes like, you know, I think this is just the nature of government. There's 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 lots of you know discussions and conversations, but not as much action as fast enough. And I think we just live in a, a time where you know, the, the threats are getting more and more sophisticated and it's almost, you know, in a place where, um, you know, the security obviously can't keep up with, um, with, with the way the threats are happening. So how do we sort of get in front of that?
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know if the, the threats are becoming more sophisticated or they're becoming more widespread, mm-hmm. right? So the skill level that's needed to launch attacks today are much less than they were 10 years ago right there's now kits online they have video tutorials on how to launch them they press a couple of buttons and they're off and running um you know the really 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 good hackers we don't even hear about because they they make sure you never hear about them right they they erase the tracks you never even knew you got hit um you know here in the government so let's let's just focus on the government right now is we we don't you know in every administration is guilty of it democratic republican so this is a non political answer there's no advantage to setting up the next guy, okay? Hmm. There's no there's no advantage of you know pro- your
1: replacement, the next person coming in, the next organization, the 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 next the next president or political appointee, the next administration, yep, right?
2: And the next administration is if this administration just because they're here said, you know what, we're going to build the foundation that will build them for greatness for the future. Okay, we ain't gonna accomplish one thing that's tangible, except for building a foundation
1: that that our future generations can benefit. That can benefit. That
2: would fall flat. That would fall completely flat because that's not making things faster or better or easier or or whatever, right? Um, And because then the next guy comes in, maybe Republican, maybe Democrat. and all of a sudden, they were able to build on that platform and they can claim all these successes that they've been built. But really, it was the guy before that really built it. Right. And we, that's because of the environment we live in, in this in this very partisan environment. If we were in a commercial, you know, take take Forcepoint, take their parent company, Raytheon. If Raytheon's going to make a a a huge investment in technology. It's going to be over a long period of time and it may bridge different CEOs, but the board of directors are there as the constant mm-hmm. and, and and they keep it going and they understand this capital investment is going to pay off in X amount of years. And, and that's where we have to get If you want to talk what we have to do, we have to start treating this more like a business and in capital investments, improving our infrastructure, building that foundation, and then we can worry about actually preparing this country for the next step.
1: Almost like a capital works project or something where, like the Eisenhower administration invested in the infrastructure, the roads. Agreed. We've all benefited to date.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Okay. And, and and those kind of capital investments are going to pay off if they're done right and we let people do and we don't clamp on. See, a lot of things like, you know, I, I, did, a, um, I did a television show this week on, on Government Matters and we talked about the VA and their legacy IT. And one point I made was every administration comes in with their initiative and clamps something on. So you end up with a bunch of different Lego sets with a bunch of clamped on buildings. And it looks nothing like the picture on the box because it's not what was designed. And and that's what you end up with these legacy IT systems. And then I say to you, Eric, secure it. And you're like, what are you talking about, Shaggy? You know, because it's unsecurable because each system is different. It's been designed in a different, shoot, decade by a different set of programmers and a different set of, of IT architects.
0: So it's interesting. So even though, um, you know, just kind of going back to what you're saying a few seconds ago, even though cybersecurity is obviously, it's a, it's a bipartisan issue. There's, you know, wide agreement that we want to have secure networks. One of the reasons that we're not progressing and moving forward, though, is due to just the somewhat political reasons and, and, uh, and not wanting to sort of bridge that, bridge that gap for the next Administration.
2: Well, yeah, it, and that's real easy for me to say, right? Because that's the government problem. But let's let's be very honest. There's a multi-billion-dollar hotel chain that just got crushed, right? That has nothing to do with politics,
1: right? Okay, nothing so to do with the government. Say that again. Nothing to do with the government.
2: Agree. So yeah. this this isn't you know I, I, I started with a government problem, but I think as we look at it. We've got to start, and I, I've been preaching this for a long time, we have to clean up our environments so that we can use the technology. We are handcuffing ourselves because of these environments that we can't deploy technologies to its fullest capability.
1: Well, I, I think in all fairness to, to the good people and everybody who's trying, you know, the adversary has some unique advantages, right? They have first mover advantage. They get to choose when and where to strike. They only have to be right once time. Mm-hmm. Once time. Right? I mean, those two concepts make it extremely difficult for anybody to protect their infrastructure, to protect data, to protect people.
2: It, it, it is, but I think as we're moving and, and back to Erica's point, we're we're moving towards a data-centric approach, not a perimeter approach. And if we if we have our data, and that's a much easier cleanup than cleaning up an entire environment. So if you have your data classified, you have it categorized, and you know that Eric should be able to access this data but not this data, then no matter what they do, they should not be able to get if it's identity and credentialed and, and classified data. Okay? So if we get to that point, but then, I, again, I still say – you know, I still go back to we still hamstring ourselves with the technologies out there that can solve this problem. I believe the technologies are here. You know, it's just we're hamstring ourselves to be able to fully implement them.
1: Would consolidation, I mean, I, I know that's tough, right? The government has has an incredible amount of legacy systems out there, number, okay. number of legacy systems. Would some level of standardization help? I mean, do we go to one shared IT organization that works to build security in from the beginning or is that that's not customized enough.
2: It's hard. It, it, you know, I you know, I, the easy answer is of course, right. But then you get down to the practicality of it in each organization, even if they have a similar mission, look at defense health and veterans affairs, pretty similar missions. But let me say this to you. We're going to see in the next few years, how hard it is for a consolidated or a single EHR. They mm-hmm. won't be this. They won't be the same. They'll be, they'll be customized enough that they're different enough. Um, and then you, you take other organizations that kind of touch, you know, there's just enough differences in what we do that it, there's gonna be some level of customization and that could be the problem.
0: Makes sense.
1: <laughs> what do we do as a CISO? We have this role, I mean, what are the moves, you know, let's get to the point. What's the best you can hope to do then as a CISO in an organization?
2: Um, the funny answer is don't get hacked. Um, you know, and right, and, and, right and, and, and keep your tenure to a period of time that you can survive. <laughs>
1: I don't but, like that one,
2: right? The The serious answer is you have to have a great relationship with operations and you have to understand every entry point and every exit point into your network, into your environments, physical and virtual. Once you have that, then you can start to come up with some game plans, right? Because, But that's a perimeter defense. Then you want to understand what, you know, back to Erica's first question is, then you want to know who's on it and what's on it, right? And what do you really need to protect, right? But you got to get users to roll back and, and stop saying, I need everything, right? No, no, no. What right. is really right. going Necessary. to be the intellectual capital?
1: Mm-hmm. You need to understand risk and you need to be able to prioritize.
2: Oh, great, oh, great. There's just not enough money. Um, and, and we we have a lot of fruitless conversations because of the fact that it's really just hard to have it. You know, it's, they, I need everything. No, you don't. You know, you haven't touched that file in 10 years. Why does that need to be protected?
1: Why, Why do does he even need? have it? Exactly.
0: Right, <laughs> that's the, that's usually the question.
2: Right. I, I was. I had a security organization I worked for um, years ago, and they they had a one year email policy. In one year, your email was what came off the network
1: it was deleted.
0: Wow! I've never user. heard of that before. I love that concept, though. <laughs> it's it's great <laughs> from a
1: legal discovery perspective. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly why it
2: reduced the risk to the organization. And think about this: if if Every file, and you only had a certain amount of space to put files that were exempt from this policy, were allowed to stay on the network. Think about how much more efficient we'd be and how much easier it would be to make com- um, decisions on where to, to where to apply our resources. The problem, and the other problem I think is in, in, in organizations, is that we're trying to protect everything, and that's not the key.
1: So really what I'm hearing you say as a CISO, it's a tough, it's a tough gig.
2: It's an terrible. It's, ter-
1: <laughs> it's terrible. What you can do though is focus. You can address risk. You can go after high priority systems, high priority data, and you can focus on what matters and you can make some, you can make progress or, ac- or accomplish things if you do that.
2: I, I think if, as a CISO, and this is the way I always approached it, if someone came and looked at my tenure, and said, he was he was infiltrated. But let me look what he did along the steps. And along the steps, they, they came out, a, a group of individuals looked at a group of sizzles looked and said, you know what? Based on his budget, based on what he presented, based on what he did with those resources and everything, Sean did his due diligence, okay? And, and that's the key, did my due diligence. Did everything I could to protect this organization, used every cent I had to protect them the best I could, that's what we got to expect out of a scissors.
0: Okay. So I have but, a final question. Oh, wait, you have one ahead, more, Eric? Eric. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, it's my, well, it's the final question. So do you want to ask yours?
1: Ladies first. Okay.
0: So. Mine was, so are you getting more sleep now? Because, I mean, you're now on, on, the, on the other side. I mean, it sounds like you, it was a tough job. And so uh, how is it to be on the other side now, now watching what's going on within government?
2: Um. So you miss it, right? Because you 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 have if you're in the government service, you want to serve. Um, I left after a short period of time because I realized I couldn't do what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the reason I departed. The pattern, it it it, you know, when you know, and and what I told them would happen happened within the the first year, which was they would get attacked from the regions, um, and and because that was where the open doors were. Um, yeah, I sleep I sleep better. Um, I love my new company. Um, it, it, it's a great company and um, we're gonna build a cybersecurity unit to hopefully go back and help those individuals. Um, it's a data centric company, so obviously I believe in protecting the data at the data level.
1: As um, do we. What's that? As do we here at Force Point. I mean that's our focus on that.
2: Agreed. Market. Agreed. Yep. And, and and that's what you know, that's where I think the key is. Right now, you know, someone said something to me a long time ago and it really makes sense. There's there's waves that happen in the federal space. There's waves that you can do more from the inside as an employee, and there's waves that you can do more from the outside as industry. And I think we're clearly in the phase of you can do more from the outside as industry. So here I am,
1: working with the inside. Working with a lot of we have a lot of good, hardworking people. Yeah, and, and that's of part
2: hours. of no, and, and that's part of why I started the radio show. Right? You know, I wanted to start the radio show. Um, I. I like to shape in the direction of the industry. I like shaping the conversations. And I knew once I stepped out of government, no one wanted to hear what Sean Kelly had to say anymore. So (laughs) I started the radio show so that I could talk to the decision makers, but also shape the conversation. I think we're having success doing that.
1: Well, Sean, thank you for your time today. It's been great hearing what you had to say. Yeah, Thank you Yeah,
0: and, so and and Sean, um, where w- when can people hear the show? So uh, if they want to tune in as well after they listen oh, to our it. podcast, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah, so if you're in the, if you're in the Washington D.C. area, every Friday at ten thirty and two thirty, we're on fifteen hundred AM Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, or you can go on Federal News Network and and catch it or podcast one iTunes, uh, but more importantly on CyberChatNews.com, which is uh, we have all our shows plus a conglomerate of great cyber news.
0: Yeah, and your your shows are great. So definitely um, check Sean out. So thanks, Sean. We we really appreciate this conversation. It was a good one.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Sean,
1: take
2: care. Thank you.
0: And thanks, everyone, for listening this week. Um, Please be sure to tune in next week uh, to the show. And please um, leave us a comment and also give us a rating on iTunes. We appreciate all the feedback, and we look forward to continuing to get to the point. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.